So I wanted to start out by just giving you all a little testimony, a little short story. And this is this is of my first year of marriage. And I was I was really reluctant to do this. And I actually talked to Pastor Curtis before I did this because I you know, I don't want to celebrate the old man. And what I want to celebrate is the new man. But this will this will allow you to know me a little more and it'll show you where I've been able to come from. So Lindsay and I, we've been married for 12 and a half years now, and she is the love of my life. There's no doubt about that. But that first year of marriage was horrible. I mean, I was still like a punk kid, and I was being selfish, very selfish. And I'll explain that here, here in a little bit. But she somehow was able to see the potential in me. And I knew the man that I wanted to be, but I wasn't being that man at the time. And I know that God had to put had a hand in putting us together or we wouldn't be together today. But God works in mysterious ways. So a, a, a story that clearly depicts how selfish I was is around the time, probably at my breaking point as well, it was a spring break probably a few months after we'd gotten married. And so I was still a senior in college, and she she was already working. It took her three years to graduate with her undergrad, and it took me five so I was a fifth-year senior. But I was in the fourth year of my undergrad at the time, and a lot of my buddies were going to South Padre for uh, spring break and other places, but I was going to stay in College Station. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't too upset about that because I would still have a decent amount of free time on my hands. I was working at a gourmet restaurant at the time. And so uh, the week before that spring break, I decided that I was going to buy some marijuana. And so... And this was from one of my buddies. And I smoked a lot of weed during that time, and I partied a lot during that time. And that was the darkest period of my life, no doubt. Anyways, that was the first time that I had specifically bought weed, you know, for myself. And I knew that it was wrong because I had to hide it. And there was an extra dryer hose that was in our laundry room that sat on the shelf and had been there since we rented it, you know, rented the duplex. But I decided that would be the best place to stash the weed. And Lindsay never would, you know, she'd never think about looking there. And so that weekend before spring break, we had an awesome weekend. We spent a lot of times with our friends, and, you know, we had a good time driving back home together. And she was starting to feel pretty lousy about having to go to work on Monday. And so I, I did my best to sympathize with her. And uh, really I was just thinking about all the fun that I was going to have over the break. But I got up that Monday morning after Lindsay had gone to work, and I decided to start my break. I smoked a little bit of that stash of weed. And she came home unexpectedly to get something for work that morning. And she knew something was up because I, I was acting a little weird. And she smelled the weed on me, and she became pretty, pretty irate, to say the least, because I'd been lying to her. I'd been hiding, smoking weed from her. And I knew that I had to give that stuff up, but I was so selfish at the time. And I had to show her where the stash was, and, you know, the hiding spot was pretty genius, really, I thought. But that didn't change the fact that it was like a parent-child relationship rather than a husband and wife relationship. And I knew that that was all my fault. It wasn't much longer after this that the occurrence that I realized the power of God again when I was reading Revelation. 
and I needed God in my life. And Lindsay noticed the Bible on my nightstand, and she told me later that she was relieved. And she also saw an instant change in me after that. And that's when our relationship began to turn around, and I began devoting myself to God. And she later told me years down the road that uh, she actually had been talking to some lawyers. I mean, this wasn't the only instance. This was just one way that I wanted to convey to you how selfish I was. But she had she had called some lawyers to see how much it cost to to get a divorce. And I had no idea that she had even considered anything like that. And it's especially crazy now knowing how great our marriage is. And I think that our marriage is, is life-giving now. And none of that would have been able to happen if I hadn't devoted my life to God. So there's much to cover about marriage. I had a lot of trouble just not going on a bunch of tangents. But one thing that I want to convey about marriage is it's no ordinary thing. Just like we can't treat Jesus as ordinary, Jesus has to be the center of what we do. Our marriages cannot be treated as ordinary either. It is sacred. It represents so much. I want you to go back to the first time that you met the person that you knew that there was something different with her, that you knew that she would be your wife, and it was electric. At least it was electric for me when, I, when, I, when Lindsay came into my life. I realized at the time that there was a fresh new wind that was blowing into an environment that seemed so stale at the time. And I was in college. I was just finishing my freshman year. I was at the Corps of Cadets at Texas A&M University. And I made it through that, through that difficult year. And it was probably one of the loneliest years of my life. But, you know, I should have felt accomplished and enthusiastic for getting through it because it was tough. But I felt like something was missing, and something was missing, and that was God. I didn't attend church like I had my entire life, and I'd forgotten the power of God. And there's no question of why my life might have felt a little stale at the time. I was wise enough to notice that there was something different in Lindsay. And how, you know, however, I was not wise enough in the beginning of our marriage to treat our marriage as something that was sacred because Jesus wasn't the center of my life. And this will stifle the fresh new wind of a relationship or marriage. And Jesus shows us how to treat our wives. And this will keep our marriages from anything but ordinary because Jesus is not ordinary. In Ephesians 1.9, we'll, we'll be in Ephesians 5.22. That's where we'll start out if you want to flip to your Bibles. But Ephesians 1.9 kind of gives a prelude or an introduction to the entire book of Ephesians. Ephesians, but... It also gives an introductory to the truth that we're about to look at. It says that he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ. All right, so 522 says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to their husbands and everything. So a woman, she probably doesn't like hearing this. And I guarantee you, Lindsay did not like hearing this our first year of marriage. There are a lot of things that I didn't understand when we were first married. I knew that when I took her her hand in marriage that I was committed to her, but I didn't fully understand what that looked like. I thought it meant that I should be a pretty good guy, you know, most of the time pursuing the Lord. But I wasn't putting Jesus as my priority. He was my priority when it was convenient to me. 
So Jesus, and Jesus doesn't treat us that way. So I was missing a key in, ingredient to loving my wife. How could she fully submit to a man that was missing something? I was missing the Lord as my number one ingredient as a man. So if we'll keep reading 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. So a woman, she might feel like she has a tall order It's because it's hard to submit to anyone. But we as men, we also have a tall order. We're to love our wives as Christ loved the church. And so Christ lo- loved us so much that he gave his life for us. And as a man, I think that there's something in our hearts to say like, oh yeah, you know, I'd give up, I'd give up my life for her. And that's kind of like the superhero mentality in us. And I think that I would have given my life up for her at the very beginning of our marriage before I even understood what marriage was about. But that's not all that Jesus did for us. Jesus lived his life in a way that we must pursue. He lived a life that was holy and blameless. And that is how his death made us holy and cleansed us by washing of the water by the word. That is something that we can't undermine. So, of course, we would die for our wives, but would, would you live for, your, for her? Would you live a life that is holy? Would you live a life that is focused on Jesus? And we get some direction in this next verse, 28, on how to do this. It says, In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does for the church, since we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So God has shown us what it means to love, and and we came from God. So love is doing the things that you don't always want to do. Jesus came into this world not to be served, but to serve. And Jesus is the greatest servant of all. That's what, that's what Curtis says all the time. And that is what Jesus does for the church. He provides and cares for us. And so in the same way, we're to provide and care for our wives. And we should look for the ways that we can serve our wives and not in the ways that they can serve us. And I think that when I was first married, I was looking at marriage as a checklist. As long as I had all the checks in the list completed, I should be good. Like, hey, you remember that time I rubbed your back for about 30 minutes? That should give me a pass to go out with my friends, and I'll come home for dinner whenever, you know. It's not, it ain't no big deal. I've, I've been giving you what you need, right? And this way of looking at marriage will continually disappoint your wife, but it will also disappoint you. And I would feel like I was making all the right moves, and, you know, I'd make one mistake, and, which I'd receive criticism, of course. That's how you work things out in marriage. If something's wrong, it needs to be discussed. But that one little criticism would make me feel like I'd failed. You know, I felt like I was doing all the good, but one mistake brought me down to feeling horrible about myself. It was like another check had been added to the list that I didn't know about. And you think, well, I guess we'll just keep on going until another, till another check is added. So how do you show your wife that you love her completely and wholly? And Jesus didn't give his life as a checklist and hope that he would get something out of it because he was the greatest servant of all. 
what did Jesus receive when he died for us? And I'm not saying this was his motive, but it was the product. Jesus now has companions. He has brothers and he has sisters in Christ. And God thought that man shouldn't be alone. It is the same with Christ. But we couldn't be fellows and companions without Christ or with Christ without him. And God made this possible. And it's the same with our wives. You have to figure out how to show her love. In that way, in what way does she receive your love? I'm sure you've heard of these words of affirmation, acts of service, gifts, quality time, and physical touch. And Josh Bullard, he, he sent me this last week. I thought it was a good way. So words of affirmation, your tacos are delicious. Acts of service, I made you tacos. Receiving gifts, here's a taco. Quality time, let's, get, let's go out for tacos together and physical touch. Let me hold you like a taco. So I thought that was a pretty funny way to illustrate it. But, uh, and this, the five love languages, this isn't, you know, this isn't the end all of love. It's just a simple way that I wanted to convey the different ways to love your life, your wife. It's not a checklist either. So when opportunities show themselves, you take them. And the thing is, you have to be looking. You have to be paying attention. Just like we couldn't become fellows and companions with Christ without him, your wife cannot be your deepest companion without you. She will feel completely comfortable submitting to a man that has her best interests at heart. And Christ has our best interests at heart. There's no doubt about that. And there will be different times that you can show these different kinds of love to your wife, but you have to be aware of when these instances come up. And that's what makes a servant a servant. A servant will notice when a wife needs words of affirmation. Like, you got this, baby. You always try your best. That's all that you can do. A servant will notice when his wife needs a gift. My gifts are usually pretty small these days, but that's not one of Lindsay's primary things that she focuses on, thankfully. You know, I'll get her coffee every now and then when I know that she's had a rough week. I mean, it's probably every week. And I, I actually hate ordering this drink it's a grande iced coffee with six pumps of vanilla with extra breve in a venti cup i'm like are you kidding me and then i'll just order like a regular coffee and i might put a little sugar in it but i make sure i'm like that's for my wife you know i'm drinking i'm drinking the regular coffee but i but yeah but i do that i do that because because i love her and these next three, these are the most important to Lindsay, and I find my, myself spending most of my time with her doing these things, and that's acts of service, quality time, and physical touch. And that might sound offensive to even Lindsay, maybe not, but the thing is, this is, this is what I want to be doing with her. Now, I'm constantly thinking ways that I can serve her, and these are just simple tasks throughout the day, so if I have time before I leave for work, I'm going to make sure the house is picked up, the beds are made, and the dishes are in the dishwasher. And then do some, do some laundry if I, if I have time. But I hate doing laundry. But I also know how much she hates doing laundry. So I try to do it because she dislikes it. And I could get better at this one. I found there's, n- there's no halfway to love your wife when you're doing laundry. You can't just take 
a load out of the washer and stick it in with another load in the dryer and just do two loads in the dryer. You can't just wash them and dry them and then stick them on the bed. You've got to do some small loads that are manageable because if you don't, they're going to get wrinkled. And wrinkled clothes doesn't show love. And, I mean, this isn't the only way. I, I weeded it and mowed on Friday just so she wouldn't have to worry about it. And, you know, I've worked on the house. We've been remodeling the house. A lot of the guys have helped in here. But I pretty much have all the crown molding and all the, all the base put up that we bought at this point. And so we just need to get a little bit more. But some, but some of these tasks that I do aren't considered manly tasks. And I was able to stay home part-time as a dad just for a few months while I was, while I was working part-time here at the church. This was about a year ago when I was transitioning into becoming a youth director. And I got to experience the role that Lindsay took on, you know, in taking care of the house and taking care of Bodie. And it's a lot harder job than I expected. And I had to admit that to her. I was like, golly, I thought this was going to be a piece of cake. But it's actually pretty difficult. And I respect what she does. And I want to I want to work alongside her. And this kind of segues into the next one, which is quality, quality time, which is a biggie. This is a biggie for her. We spend a lot of time on logistics. And we have to because we're raising a family and because of our jobs. And I enjoy this time together, going over logistics. But Lindsay, she desires something more. She wants quality time. She wants to speak and to be heard when we're together. And she wants to be heard about things that are going on in her life as well. She wants to be heard about, she wants to be heard about, I'm sorry. But of course, you know, dates are preferable to meet this. But and I'm getting a little bit better at this, but we find out what works for us. So since we are so busy, we'll do like an hour and a half date or a two-hour date at least once a month and then hopefully twice. But that means that there's much importance placed on the other time that we have together. And I don't just try to bring up things that are logistical. I try to ask her, you know, how her day went. And when she tells me, I I do my best to listen. And it's something as a man that I have to intentionally do. She listens completely to what I say naturally, but I must decide to intently listen to what she's saying. And this isn't always the case, but a lot of times, you know, I have a one-track mind. So I can't listen to her and try to work out other problems in my head at the same time. I have to put those other things into the background and decide to listen to what she's saying because she's important to me. And this becomes easier and easier, you know, as you invest in what she cares about. The things that she cares about will become more important to you. And that makes it easier as we talk about the topics of concern, of you know, for her. And physical touch, this is the last one. And I know what a lot of you are thinking because I was thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, man, I got this one in the bag. I can, I can do the physical touch. But physical touch does not just consist of sexual intercourse it's more than that I think that sexual intercourse is probably the man's love language for physical touch but I found that this is different for a woman sexual intercourse is important to a woman no doubt but I think a woman receives more benefit from the spiritual or the intimate portion of lovemaking a man is all about the physical touch and lovemaking when it comes to physical touch but that's because we're very visual beings 
when you give us something so beautiful to look at, like our wives, that you can touch? I mean, what more is there to physical touch? In our minds, there's, there's not much more, but there is more. I found that Lindsay loves her hair and her face touched. She loves her arm caressed when I hold her hand, and she loves for me just to hold her whenever we wind down and watch a show together at night. She loves for me to rub her back when she gets tense throughout the week. And what's, what's crazy about these is they go hand in hand, and I think that's the way that God intended it. You don't have much physical touch if you don't have quality time together. And sometimes an act of love will combine, you know, three of them. Rubbing your wife's back allows you to spend quality time together. And, of course, that's an act of service, and that's physical touch. So that's why I try to do this like two or three times a week. And these are things that you figure out, you know, after 12 and a half years of marriage. You figure out what works for y'all. So we'll end in uh, verse 32 and 33 this morning. So the mystery is profound, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. To sum up, each of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. So it's a mystery how much Christ loves us, and our mystery has been solved as husbands and wives. It's no easy task to love your wife completely and wholly all the time, but it's, it's what we're called to do. And there's no question that the church should submit to Christ. It is, it's evident that he's worth following. Our wives should think the same of us. So our wives should know that they are loved even through the toughest times and respect will follow. So one is derived from the other. And I'm grateful that we're derived from a good and perfect God. I'm grateful that the church is derived from Jesus Christ. And I'm grateful that our relationship with our wives is derived from a pure and holy relationship that Jesus Christ showed the church. And I want to end with this. I've shared, I shared all this with Lindsay. And so I, I wanted to give her feedback on it or get her feedback on it. And I think that's important because, she, I mean, she's very insightful. And one thing that really stuck out to me when we're discussing it is she said that submission is actually a gift. And she says, when I love the way that I do according to Scripture, submission gives her freedom. And it allows her not to bear the burden. And this makes sense. We as men of the church can wholeheartedly submit to Jesus Christ because we are his church. And he's lifted the burden of sin from us so that we can live lives that he calls us to live. And we have been called to live a life of freedom and we have confidence because of Jesus. So will you love your wives in the same way? I'll pray real quick and then we can discuss some questions on your table. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for all of our many blessings, Lord. I, I pray that we just realize and that we wouldn't forget that our marriages are sacred, Father, and that they are no ordinary thing, and that's because of you, Lord. You you are not ordinary, Father, and we can't treat you as ordinary or or our relationships. I pray that we would put our wives on pedestals, Father, and that... Uh, they would know that they're loved and there'd be no question about that and that uh, respect would follow. Thank you so much for just showing us everything through your son. Lord, thank you for all of our many blessings. In your name we pray.